Okay, good. We've, we're all tuned up. That's we're tuned up. Uh, you know, our our, our bows pipes? are rosined. Yeah. Um, our spit valves are emptied. There's a puddle all over the floor. Ooh, gross. <laughs> Get out of the brass You know, they say section. that's just condensation, but it is spit. Right, so. well, it, it's condensation that came out of your mouth. Like... Yeah. <laughs> um, just yeah. little puddles of spit. Really gross. Yeah, just... really gross when you think about it. Uh, we watched an episode of Glee this week because that's what we do here on this podcast is watch episodes of Glee. Yes. Uh, we are in a long-term sustained art project uh, where <laughs> my brother and I try to connect uh, as as family through conversations about the television show Glee, even though we both uh, stopped watching it when it was on TV because we hate it. Yeah. I mean, really, we just had better things to do with our lives. Yeah. So take that, Glee. Like, <laughs> eat, sleep, I mean, do I, I college. Guess saying that now is not great because it means we don't have better things to do with our lives. Well, we, but... we, it's not that we have better things to, hmm. well, we're doing it for a higher purpose. Right. For yeah. This project. Uh, yeah. Um. I'm Sam. That's Maggie. Yes. Eponymous. Um. But uh, this week it's season four, episode eleven. Sadie Hawkins. Sadie Hawkins. Uh. Which, if uh, you're not aware of, like the, quioquial, quioc. Fuck. I can never say that word. I always want to use it. I use it all the time. I just say it wrong every single time I say it. It's funny because like. I feel like it's so bougie to use the word colloquial like on a regular it's, basis. <laughs> it's so embarrassing that I can't say things right. And Maggie, that's I, like a... I've decided I've decided to invest in this audio medium. Maggie, that's I, what just, am I that's, doing? That's the man. That's capitalism trying to get you down with its classist right. structure. So just totally don't even think about it. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, it's socialist to mispronounce things. <laughs> Um, yeah. But yeah, like Maggie was trying to say that if you don't, if you're unaware, um, which I think this is probably an American thing, so makes sense. Um, but it's a Sadie Hawkins dance is what is like a term that we use for a mm -hmm. dance where the girls ask the boys to the dance instead of the other way around. Which is still heteronormative garbage. Yes. Obviously, it's not. That's not really addressed at all in the episode, except um, with more heteronormative garbage, which will. <laughs> We'll definitely uh, talk about, I think. The episode was directed by Bradley Buecher and written by Ross Mitchell. Or, sorry, <laughs> Ross Maxwell. I have very little, uh, I don't know, respect for either of them. So I don't I don't really care if I said the names right. Okay. For some reason, I Yay. thought you were going to say Ross Matthews. And I was going to be like, whoa. But, um, <laughs> no. no. Um, but yeah, this originally aired. This is this is a landmark occasion, Maggie. It originally aired on January twenty fourth, twenty thirteen. Uh, Damn. With six point seven nine million viewers, which is up from last week's five point two six million. Um, Welcome to six years ago. <laughs> you know, it's just it's it's exciting. We're finally to twenty thirteen, a year that mm -hmm. anyone remembers for any reason 
because anything happened that year. Um, uh, I graduated from high school. That's okay. it, though. Yeah. Nothing else <laughs> happened. I, I, I'm hard-pressed to tell you, like, something that was actually monumental that happened in 2013. And I think if I keep going, I'm going to be embarrassed by someone being like, that's when a really important thing happened. How dare you? So... Let's talk about Glee, which is our wheel. The past is the past. Let's let it die. Yes. Uh, and the episode starts uh, by focusing on the past instead with a recap. Uh, but it's just everything that's, you know, with these recaps, the further we go on, I'm like, if you don't know what's going on, then like, go away, you know? And like, <laughs> no, Glee no, no. F- feels that way other times because like, sometimes they don't have a recap, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying, let's not alienate our listeners, just in case. <laughs> well, there's just, like, the recaps on Glee are so devoid of artistic intention. Yes. Honestly. Like, there's there's no tie-in to the actual episode. It's just, like, that, like, sassy announcer wa- guy being like, oh, let's make a joke, like, an, a sort of in-joke about how the show sucks. You know that. You're watching it. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's. I mean, I like it because in typical like telenovela esque fashion, the recap mm. clues you in to all of the important details that are going to lay the groundwork for the show. In in other good shows, like it's actually pretty clever sometimes, where it's like, oh, like this brought up something, and then it actually matters. In Glee, it's normally just like, oh, Jake and Puck are brothers, um, so yeah. they're gonna talk to each other in this episode. <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Or like Kurt's got Kurt got a Niniata. That's why he's at the Niata campus for this episode. <laughs> Even though like we have an inter, like fucking five minutes into the episode is an introductory monologue from Kurt about how college is like a new experience for him. So like, yes. do we really need to be reminded that he got in when that's basically a new like explained in the episode itself? No. No. Well, Maggie, there is some argument to be had that maybe they assumed you just didn't watch some of the last week's episodes because the numbers if do play that if out. If you didn't watch them, you don't want to know. <laughs> Good point. Um, <laughs> Amazing. Yes. So um, let's just jump right in here. The first scene, um, Sam is spinning some tales for Blaine about the round-faced warbler. Um, and he, he thinks that... Uh, the warblers cheated at sectionals. Yeah. Uh, it's a like a full-on conspiracy theory, which there is some precedent for Sam having this kind of yes. vibe, specifically from the last episode when yes. he did his conspiracy theories for Brittany. Uh, I really like this side of Sam, honestly. He's very animated and seems very passionate. Uh, well, and it does dry out yeah. his lips, Maggie. It does. I would describe this scene and a few other scenes in the um episode as like an Aaron Sorkin walk and talk if Aaron Sorkin was super high on cocaine or Adderall. <laughs> okay. You mean if Aaron Sorkin wrote those scenes while high on cocaine or Adderall or like Well, no, maybe if like okay, so you take like the concept of an Aaron Sorkin walk and talk and then you make the cinematographer take Adderall. Yeah, you make the camera people take Adderall. Yeah. Yes. Everyone's on Adderall. You know, for that joke, I actually um looked up to see if Aaron Sorkin had ever done cocaine. Oh. Um, because I was like, oh, but what if he did write those West Wing walk and talks while on cocaine? <laughs> 
I mean, he Nick- does have a drug arrest from 2001, oh, where he shit. was found with cocaine. So, yeah. <laughs> also, hallucinogenic mushrooms and weed. Fuck yeah, Aaron Sorkin. What party are you going to? He, these were found at an airport. Like he was like like Let TSA was going through his plane. bag. Yeah. Fucking idiot. Oh my god. In, in the, the there was a quote from the article about it where he's like, "I'm never going to be reminded re- remembered for writing a few good men. Now I'm just going to be the guy with hallucinogenic <laughs> hallucinogenic mushrooms on a plane." It's like, "Uh, well, well, you're wrong, not, but why not good both? for you, dude." <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Why not both? Perfect. Yes. Um, um, but we, we get a yeah. hint of something to come. Um, because Blaine is, Blaine is like, uh, stop talking he, about that or yeah, whatever. Yeah, he's just like sort of nodding and like being like, yeah, Sam, sure. This conspiracy theory, sure. Yes. Uh, you know, you're making some bold claims. And then Sam's like, believe me, HGH, human growth hormone. And um, as he ke- continues to ramble, the sound kind of goes out and like Blaine just stares at his lips. Yes. Uh, this happens a couple times in the episode. Gotta say, some good artistic choices for uh, conveying that Blaine is obsessed okay. with Sam. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've, we've already seen a bit of this, like, We've brought it up in previous episodes. It's a little, te- a, it's a little palpable, but the Blam Crush exists. Yes, um, but we move into a student council meeting, which is new. Um, but it turns out that Blaine, we remember, is class president. Sam is vice president because that's a thing now. Um, mm-hmm. Tina is the secretary, um, and uh, Sugar is the treasurer. So the four of them Wait, are. And the Blaine table. addresses her as uh, Treasurer Mata. Yes, <laughs> which is cute. Um, and Tina reads the the minutes from the last meeting. Apparently, it was just a very long impression done by Sam, and everyone was just like, "Yes, thank you. That was great." Uh, <laughs> well, the best part is they're not thanking Sam for that. They thank Tina for reading for the reading minutes. reading the minutes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> before the meeting can go further, Tina hijacks it to uh, do like a long speech about. Um, prom and empowerment and how the way to grant empowerment to women is to do a Sadie Hawkins dance um before we get into like the the cut sequence to the too young to be bitter club I just wanted to ask you why you did you notice all the extras just kind of around the room yeah why why? it it feels because they vote so it feels like they must be like additional members of the student council that just aren't let's, like let's positioned. set the scene in yeah. the audio in the auditory medium so we are in a classroom tina sugar blaine and sam are all seated at a table talking together standing around them standing are just people yes we, <laughs> we don't know who these people are they're definitely like mckinley students though because there's someone in like a cheerios uniform uh and Sam's right. They do vote, uh, but they don't participate in the meeting in any other way. Yes. So it's odd. It is odd. I I imagine it's some kind of student parliament, um, or just really. But why wouldn't they be sitting? Because <laughs> there's not enough. There aren't any other why, tables for them to sit why at. Why wouldn't Blaine be addressing them? <laughs> I mean, it's bizarre. I agree. It doesn't, it like, none of this makes sense, but it's all because 
it's really just the setup for the Sadie Hawkins dance because Tina doesn't want to yeah. get doesn't want her only time of being heavily petted when she's in a nursing home, which is a really bad joke. Like that joke is not good, and I'm very no. unhappy they put it in. Yeah, uh, let's not talk about like seniors being raped. Yeah, that'd be cool, right? Um, also, the too young to be bitter club is bad we get it's a cut to uh somewhere in the library i think yeah where we see lauren who was in glee club last year two What's years her ago last name i think zyces zyces yes um she dated puck if you don't recall that was um one of her main plot points Characteristics. also being yeah being a warm body to fill out the new directions well, I, I guess the other thing is that she's a female wrestler so that's yes. different yeah yeah uh in this Too Young to be Bitter Club, her complaint is that since she dated Puckerman, no one else is interested in her. Someone is like, because they probably assume you have herpes. That's sugar, okay. I think. But yeah. Uh, and Dottie yep. uh, is there. She uh, is also sad because she's alone. This is all really bad. Like, it's just like, oh, we're so sad because we don't have boys. We're Too Young to be Bitter Club. Yeah. Um... um... It's weird because they definitely had this plot point in, like, the first season. Because Sue, like, yeah. makes this stupid club to convince Rachel to, like, quit or something. Or, like, to try to be with Jesse. Like... Yeah. Which... there And yeah. there's, like, another club where they make those, like, heart and key necklaces. Yes. <laughs> um... Yeah, like yeah, the, all these clubs are really bad. They're all really bad, and they're they're like tearing down these base characters um, to this idea that they're sad because they don't have boys to love them. Right. That's the point. Yeah, which I mean, essentially, what gets brought up at this club meeting, which is why we get this cutaway, is Tina brings up the idea that they should do a Sadie Hawkins dance because it's empowering women. And we go back to the student council meeting where she is making the same points just already said, and it passes because yeah, she um, proposes the Sadie Hawkins dance and approves it within the same breath pretty much. <laughs> and Blaine just like, Hey, wait, what? And the scene's over. Well, it's uh, cause then... like Blaine is the only person who doesn't vote for it. So yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then we go, to New York, where Kurt has a monologue about how college is just like high school. It's not. Which, spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just untrue. Uh, even though, like, Kurt's metaphor, um, or comparison, rather, is that uh, there's, like, similar social hierarchy, except the jocks are, like, the stage combat people. Yeah. And the Cheerios or like the cheerleaders or whatever are like the ballerinas. It's like, yeah. okay, um, this metaphor feels strained, but yes. all right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it just feels like they realized that they were trying to make a high school show, but they sent some of their characters to college. So they just have to like <laughs> pretend, Deal I with guess. That. Yeah. To yeah. like make it the same. Uh, and I, I, I guess this is all, um, it, the reason why Kurt is floundering is because Rachel is spending all of her time with Brody instead yep. of, like, being uh, Kurt's best gay, which I say because Rachel is gay. And sure, yes. uh, Kurt is like, oh, I'll just sp spend my time doing extracurriculars because that's what I did in high school. So I'll do that here, too. Uh, and he goes to, like, a pillar with a bunch of 
things posted on it and sees like a Tennessee Williams play reading club. Which, assumedly, by the end of the episode, we have some proof that I guess he joins. He joined that one, too. Yeah. Uh, but we he never goes to a meeting. We don't see that. Uh, and there's some other ones. And then finally, Adam's Apples, which is the Niata Show Choir. Yes. Because that exists. Well, <laughs> what's fun about it is that Kurt is doing this voiceover in his head. And he's like, but he reads Adam's Apples out loud. And he's like, what is that? And then some random dude behind him yeah. in a British accent is just like, oh, that's a show choir. You should join. Like, yep. And then just walks by. <laughs> and that's the introduction of Adam. Next, yes. <laughs> we are in uh, McKinley. The new boy, uh, new boys, the new directions boys are going down the hallway uh, and they're all lamenting the fact that they have to wait for girls to talk to them. Oh, God. Yeah, um, I, I didn't read it so much as lamenting, just more like they're commenting on the fact that now they're powerless, which also isn't, like, great. Like, none of this is yeah. good, but, like, <laughs> it's just... It's glee. Why would it be? Yeah. You know? Yeah. But you're right. Like, the problem is that, like, instead of making any, like, meaningful commentary on, like, gender roles in society, Glee decided to just make it, like, oh, boys are insecure because the girls get to ask them. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and we end the scene with one of the most confusing Glee plot lines ever, <laughs> I'd say. Okay. Uh, because there's zero, like, words exchanged between these two characters. Ever. Okay, great. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> At least in this episode. Uh, the Cheerio who's in the neck brace. Yes. <laughs> she's been sort of recurring. She's like a background Cheerio. She's always in a neck brace. Who knows why? Uh, she walks up to Ryder and then just silently stands there and like looks at him and he looks at her and they look at each other and then the scene's over. Yes. Yeah. That's, I, I only noted uh, neck brace trio once in my notes, but she is literally all over this episode. Like, yeah, she's just peppered throughout. <laughs> yes, um, yeah. So uh, then we move. Man, I don't want to talk about this. We go to the teachers' lounge. Um, yeah, because Shannon and Finn are talking. Um, Finn is lamenting the plight of the New Directions um, and says something just just really like so inappropriate like yeah he compares new directions to refugees except he mispronounces refugee and well he Shannon's just like Ugh. well he doesn't even <laughs> mispronounce it he like shortens it and I guess it is it, 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 it trying to imply that it's like a like musical group like I don't know it just is it's so all really bad, bad. yeah uh, uh, and you know. Finn, following in the footsteps of his mentor, Will, gets advice from a competent woman on how to do his job, basically. Yes. Uh, and <laughs> he do he follows right through on what Shannon advises him to do, which is do a lesson on the Sadie Hawkins dance. Yes. And well, yeah. feminine empowerment. Yeah. Because Shannon has a whole monologue about how a Sa like the Sadie, the idea of a Sadie Hawkins dance is essentially anarchism, which is awesome. So, uh, she doesn't say that though. The quote is Sadie Hawkins is a metaphor for empowerment, and um, I was like, I don't know about that phrase, Maggie. I was uh, trying to make it it's... actually good. Yeah, I. 
Yeah, but it's not. It's is not. the problem. Before we move on, there is one thing. Her little speech does make it at least a little... It's a little good because she talked about how it's empowerment, but it's not just for women. It's for, like, anyone who wants to fight against the status quo, which I like that kind of notion, but, like... <laughs> yeah. It still does have a it? lot of overtones of... I mean... Yeah. Yeah. The question really is, is it... Of, like co- a of course not. tool for anarchism? No. Maggie, it's, a, it... it's a tool of the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Anyway. You are correct. The next scene is in a random science classroom because New Directions um, has, are... It has nowhere to go. Yeah. They have to move from place to place. And uh, there's a joke about Uranus because Sugar's like, oh, I want to sit under Venus. And... Sam says, oh, I want to sit under Uranus. And Blaine and Tina are like, <laughs> he said anus. <laughs> like, that's, that's the whole... uh, Yes, that's the joke. <laughs> that's that's Good really job, the only me. thing you need to know about the scene. Because the rest of it is Finn just being like, it's ladies' choice this week, everybody. Yes. Um, so then we move to uh, Rachel and Kurt. We're back in New York. Yeah. Um, We're in the Bushwick Loft. Yes. Rachel implores kurt to keep it down because brody stayed over because it yeah it's i guess the morning and kurt is like practicing his scales making coffee and rachel's like can you be quiet i have a guest (laughs) even though you didn't know that right and um because kurt is like oh brody stayed over like how was i supposed to know that dude which um and rachel It's pretty self-congratulatory. She's like, yeah, I did have sex with Brody because I'm a strong, independent person. And I get and I guess what? Had sex with Brody. And Kurt's just like, good for you, I guess. Yeah. It's like, how would Kurt like quietly practicing his scales wake up Brody if Kurt didn't even realize that he was there? Like, yeah, I understand that they have like cloth for walls. Um, but like, still. Anyway, but also, what is this law? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, the the main takeaway is that Ray, it sounds like Brodachel is going pretty well. Um, it's going really well for one Miss Rachel Berry, who yes. did get her. <laughs> I was gonna say Rachel got her dick wet, but like, I mean, metaphorically. Yes, of did. course. No, yeah. Good for you, dude. Um, but yeah. So then. <laughs> Then we get to see Kurt's telling Rachel, she's like, oh, what are you up to since I'm not being your friend anymore? And Kurt's like, well, I was thinking about joining Mathletes. And then Rachel's like, you can't. It's social suicide. Um, uh, that is a Mean Girls joke, which is a better joke than this one. Because Kurt mentions the Adam's apples and Rachel's just like, you can't do that. You'll be a teapot in Disneyland for the rest of your life. Uh <laughs> Oh, um yeah. even though this is a like a vocal performance school school yes um yeah i don't know well maggie uh, glee can't <laughs> function unless the singing groups are the underdog minority because it doesn't know how uh, to tell a story that isn't from that perspective <laughs> so dumb <laughs> also the adam's apples are dumb too which yeah. we'll learn about it We'll learn about that soon. Yes. Uh, next is another New Directions meeting, this time in the locker room. They have to be quick about it, though, because Shannon does need the locker room back yep. for football practice. Uh, and Tina sings in this scene. 
It's a song from Jesus Christ Superstar. It's the first song of the episode. I don't know how to love him. Yeah. Um, when she started, I was like, oh, is she singing to Joe? Well, because Jesus Christ. Jesus. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. No, it turns out that she's singing it to Blaine. Oh, before the song starts, we do get um, you, there's a transphobic joke where Unique is misgendered, but they don't dead name her this time. So, well, I is are things improving? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Artie thinks it's him. Sam makes that joke, like Maggie is saying. Um, I don't know. This this is all weird and like, yeah, I sort just, of out of nowhere. Yeah, because like. We, we get some scenes of Blaine being his flirty self, namely mm-hmm. stealing tater tots and then, like, bending over to pick up chalk with oh. Tina, like, trying to, like, look at his butt real good. Like... Yeah. Um, it's really just more of, like, Tina... Lusting we, we, after Blaine. I think there's a lot of, like, smart editing techniques to make Tina lust... Make it look like Tina's left, lusting after Blaine. Yes. Yes. Uh, I think it's all well done to convey that idea. It's just sort of like, and I understand like Tina being into Blaine because he's little and cute. Yes. It makes sense. Um, the song is awkward, obviously, uh, that it's supposed to be. Yes. Uh, Cause we get a, some long uninterrupted shots of Blaine becoming more and more uncomfortable well, as Tina yeah. slowly, um, like basically encroaches on him singing right into his face and Blaine's just like huh, yeah well uh, until yeah. the end of the song when Tina asks him to the dance and he's like oh well i don't know what to say uh no <laughs> <laughs> no no thank you <laughs> and yeah. then uh class is over yes um yeah the thing that's fun like Tina does a fine job. Like, the song is fine. Um, it's just a weird song to sing. Like, Yeah, it's definitely a weird song to sing to uh, supposedly your best friend who you know is definitely gay. Yes. Um, Super but, weird. I mean, Maggie, he might be bi-curious. We don't know. Um, but He kissed Rachel Berry that one time and then after was like, no. <laughs> Remember? Yeah, but, like, that was Rachel. Um <laughs> But anyway, uh, the fun part is that everyone else notices that she's singing to Blaine. But, like, Blaine is, like, su- like comes off as, like, super oblivious, which is actually yeah, very entertaining to watch. He seems blissfully unaware until, like, the very end. When yes. He's like, oh, she's singing at me. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, as people are clapping, they just yell, Tina! Yeah. <laughs> over and over again. It's odd. Well, maybe. Uh, okay. Yeah, sisterhood. Because I'm pretty sisterhood. sure Sugar's the one who starts that. Um, but yeah. yeah. So The next scene is back in New York. Uh, Kurt is looking at the Adam's Apples flyer again. Mm-hmm. And Adam himself comes up to Kurt and tries to recruit him by selling him on the Adam's Apples and how Kurt would be great in it and whatever. And, and he uses his like, British accent to like... Yeah. Sneak it in, you know. Um, I, I honestly, I'm not all that charmed by Adam. No. He seems sort of boring, but also just kind of bad. 
I don't like him. Yeah, I mean, uh, the the weird the thing but about this part, partly because oh, of the following performance, but yeah, because the thing about this scene, um, so he like Kurt's like, oh, it's not for me because I don't want to commit social suicide, and then Adam is mm-hmm. like, no. Like, come watch us, like, no strings attached. But as they're having this conversation, there's, like, a weird fading thing where, oh, like... yeah. Okay, it's it's in the close-up of both. It's, like, well, but, a shot of Adam's yeah. profile and a shot of Kurt's profile as they're having this talk. Except it fades in between the two of them yes. uh, multiple times, like, probably four times. Um, and then it fades into some sort of small theater space where the Adams apples will perform in a second but like why the fuck did they do that I don't I don't know because like the best part is it it doesn't just fade into the auditorium once it like fades into it and then fades it's... back to their conversation and then fades into Adam's face and then into Kurt's face and then back to the auditorium which is just like it's one of the what? wackest art- artistic choices this show has ever made <laughs> it's just like because it it doesn't imply anything no with this editing other than like i don't know that are they su- it it doesn't imply anything no i can't come up with anything it's just, because it's, yeah. it's just stupid it's not it doesn't serve any purpose like i don't it's just so it's not weird. aesthetically pleasing either no <laughs> so but i mean to be fair it does lead really well into our next scene because the Adams apples, a ragtag group of weirdos, do a slow, folksy, banjo-included version of I Like Big Butts, which... Yeah. It, it's, it seems funny um, at first, but in practice goes on way too long. Like... Yep. yep. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I like that you think that they're... You're right. There is sort of a a spiritual, not a spiritual, like a good connection between um, the fading sequence to this song yes. because they're both really bad choices <laughs> that the show made. Um, it's not just like the version of like the rendition, the instrumentation of the song that I think is bad. I think it's like the affect the affectation that Adam has to put on to do the song is like sort of racist yeah like it's yeah it's just not good uh ron weasley from a very potter musical is in adam's apples did you is see he the that one with the glasses the one with the glasses oh wait is he the ron short weasley one? oh my god <laughs> whatever <laughs> <laughs> he's the one that counts them off into the song okay no, no. Uh, well, he seems he's definitely a plant for people who are fans of that yeah i feel like he he looked familiar, but I feel like he looks very short in this scene. I don't know. Anyway. Maybe. But no, you're thinking of the wrong person, probably. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of terrible slow-mo yes. during the song as well. It makes the sophomore choreography look even worse. Yes. Uh, yeah. Overall, just a real big bad thing. Uh, there's also... Like, Kurt watches this and like laughs from the audience. However, you cannot hear his laughter. So it's just like... Yeah, it's bizarre. It's weird. Like, because I understand wanting to have like a good song as a single, because that's what this is for. Is like a oh look at this big joke. Like you'll love to buy this song on iTunes, Uh, but it's in the show, so you can have Kurt's laughter on top of the song, and then 
not have that in like the iTunes version. Yeah. Does Glee understand that? No. I mean, also, like, <laughs> I'm really glad you brought it up, but like, it's so weird the way they do slow mo in this song because it's like random little snippets of it. Yeah. At like random times. Because, like, sure, like, I can understand from, like, an artistic standpoint of, like, oh, we're going to do I Like Big Butts. So, like, we'll have a bit where, like, people twerk they and then they butts. shake their butts yeah. and, like, it's slow-mo. But, like, they also do it when, like, people are just, like, walking across the stage. And you're like, what? Yeah. Like, yeah. Maybe it's to emphasize that Adam's apples are full of, like, a bunch of dorks. Like, sort of yeah. misfit dorky people. But... It just looks like a random assortment of people who go to Niata. Like, it doesn't... They're not overly nerdy. They're not, like, overly weird. Because we already know that Niata is full of weirdos. Like... Yeah, I mean, they they play it up. Like, there are some people that are, like, more gothy. There are some people that are, like... Like, there's one woman who has, like, a big pink dress, like... Yeah, she's, she's like, sort of, like, faux Lolita, except she's also wearing a Ryan Murphy hat. Yeah, like, it's just... I I think the intent is that it's supposed to be like, oh, look at these weird people. They're so kooky. And it's like... (laughs) Look how dorky they are doing this choreography. And it's like, wow, you have one black person (laughs) singing this song, and you put them in the back. What bad choice you made. So bad. Well, my thing is when I was watching this, I was like, have you ever been to like a liberal arts college campus? Everyone <laughs> looks like this. Like Everyone looks like this. Everyone. <laughs> like you can, you could literally pick out like 20 random people from any liberal arts campus and this would be them. Like, yeah. yeah. But anyway, yes. it's, it's not good. Um, I do like the banjo inclusion. That's fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, the like pure auditory version of the song isn't too bad except for like the AAV um like affectation. Yeah. It's just bad. The next scene is back at McKinley. Uh Brittany comes up to Marley to have a walk and talk. Uh I do like that this episode features some chats that aren't just held stationary at lockers. Yes. Uh there it there are a few of those still, but but it's not all that, which is nice. Um, Brittany mentions in her typical fashion for like breaking. <laughs> oh, uh, th- we need to talk about what their conversation is first. Okay, um, sure. Mar- Brittany knows that Marley wants to ask Jake because there's obvious tension there or something, and then we find out that Jake hasn't talked to Marley since she fainted because he doesn't under he can't handle her problems, which. Makes sense also, because he's pretty emotionally stunted, I think. Yep. Um, because all boys are, right? Like, that's what Glee implies anyway, until they become men. Right. Uh, yeah. Brittany is like, oh, well, I'll, I know what we'll do. We'll sing together. The music usually starts after I say the opening of a Brittany line or... Do a magical uh, turn. Do a magical turn. And she does a magical turn. And then they're wearing these beautiful blue dresses and all the other New Direction girls are here and they sing a song. Yes. Um, the song is Tell Him, um, which, like, it's a fine song. It's fun. I like I like it because... Yeah, it's very fun. Yeah, the Glee ladies all do some, like, really, like, some fun, weird bird choreography. Like, <laughs> it's just... But, like, seriously, they, like, put their hand... They do, like, the thing Rachel did for the Thanksgiving one, where she just, like, the turkey, like, feathers on her mm-hmm. butt. But they also do some, like, yes. pecking motions. And then, like, mm-hmm. like it's... 
because there are hens, Sam. Oh, okay. In the hen house. Um, I like the performance of the song yeah. overall. I think the energy is really good. I think the girls are great. I love them so much. Why isn't the show just about these girls as the trouble tones? I don't know. Well, because uh, the show's bad, probably. Yeah. Um, the lyrics are questionable, but <laughs> I mean, the energy's good. Yeah, it, it's. In, I, I'm pretty sure the song is from like the 50s, 60s, like. Obviously, that's not a know. good excuse because they censor naughty lyrics. So, like, why not, <laughs> you know, change the lyrics up a bit for the present? But whatever. Yeah, it's uh, ba- th- the general lyrics of the song are like, oh, a woman's duty is to fall in love with a man and be with him forever. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> um, the the dresses are really cute. They're they like are. these blue um, fit and flares electric blue everyone looks good in them yes uh, there's like little dance solos that both sugar and tina do that are really good uh but talking about costumes this is a perfect time for an aside are you ready for this sure let's do it here's my topic are glee costumes fat phobic hmm. also racist maybe because Merce- mercedes and unique whenever they're wearing like Glee girl costumes always have like cap sleeves rather than huh. like the sleeves that everybody else has. Huh. I don't, I, well, yeah, no, I think, yeah, you're right. Except the, the only one I can think of is like, um, like sectionals competition wear. I feel like they yeah. all have no sleeves, but Oh, well, listen, dude, Mercedes and Unique always have a different costume than everyone else. And no, that's, yeah, because, like, I remember when Mercedes joined the Cheerios, like, she had the pants for yep. some reason. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's easy for Glee to f- just fall into that because they just set themselves up for it every time. Yeah. Like. They really do. And I don't know if it was, like, requests from the actors. Yeah. Um, if it was intentional on Glee's part, but it definitely, to me, comes across as like body shaming. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh, they're, um, you know, they're not thin white women. So you don't want to look at their shoulders. We understand. But I, I want to <laughs> like, look at their shoulders. That's definitely how it seems. Yes. No, I, I think you're, I think you're onto something there. And that's, I'll, I'll have to keep an eye out in the future because that sucks. Aside over. Cool. Um, Finished. The, uh, the start of the scene though. The costumes suddenly disappear though, as the song Oh, yeah, because, yeah, well, yeah, the end of the song, uh, Marley asks Jake to the dance, but she starts it by just yelling his name at him, which is- Jake! (laughs) Which is very fun. I love that Marley is, like, a weird mess. She's- I- I like her still, even though well, most yeah. of her scenes are just kind of boring. But well, like... we'll get to it later. But like weird mess, I think is a good term to describe her. Um, but Britt also <laughs> asks Sam. Um, both of them say yes. Uh, Blatina seems sad. Ple- pleasure it will be. Ugh. Um, but uh, we also the, we end this scene by having the Cheerio with the neck, neck brace. Cheerio. Out in the, like, back behind the room, outside, and she, like, taps on the window, like, staring yeah. at Ryder. It's so And Ryder, weird. like, is like, hey. Uh, except he doesn't say anything, because this is the weirdest plot line <laughs> ever. Yes. Um, I just had to note, like, the, 
I, I just wanted to call it out because, like, there is something, like, it is kind of funny at the beginning of this scene where Brittany is talking to Marley. She She's mm-hmm. like, hi, I'm Brittany. And Marley's like, I know. And Brittany's like, well, we've never talked before, so I just wanted to make sure. And, I, <laughs> and like, yeah. like, I don't know. I, I, I know that we, like, kind of give Glee shit for when it does meta jokes because they're usually not very good and usually are kind of, like, not self-aware. But this one is at least kind of funny. Like, <laughs> I think they're fine. Like, I don't really feel anything about them. Sure. It feels kind of cheap to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because it's just... It means that they haven't done a good I hate... job. Yeah. Yeah, I just hate it when they're like, oh, we can use this, op- like, this opportunity that we've made ourselves of having a bad show to make a joke about how our show's so bad and it's like yes why don't you just make a better one you can you could tell funnier jokes if your show is better wow well okay could they, maggie i don't know next is uh kitty approaching jake in some sort of intermediary mckinley space yes uh J- jake is on his scooter uh and this is where I want to bring up another theory for you. Okay. I've mentioned it to you over text, but is Kitty a goddess of chaos? Is she, um, what is the Greek goddess of chaos? Like Eris or something? Yeah, I think that's right. Is, is that Kitty? I mean, it might be because literally that seems to be all she does. Um, but yeah, because she approaches Jake and is try- is trying to be like, you're going to go to the dance with me, not Marley, even though you just said you would, because you want sex, right? <laughs> and Jake's just like, I thought you were friends with Marley. What are you doing? And Kitty says, oh, I am friends with her, but I'm going to gaslight her whenever I have the opportunity. Which is just such a, like, that's the thing. <laughs> this episode gets so weird with Kitty because... I'm still Ugh. not convinced that Kitty, like, I feel like Kitty. The rest of Kitty's plotline in this episode is complete garbage, <laughs> but this part is interesting. I feel like Kitty thinks she's really smart, and I'm still not yeah. sure if it's true or not. Because, like, sometimes it feels like she's being very, like, devious, and, like, it t- it does take some brains to be kind of as devious as she's been. But, like, yeah. sometimes it also feels like she wants to be devious, but she just does a really bad job because she's not smart enough to pull it off. And I don't know anymore. Or, or she's the go- she's a I, goddess of chaos. And I do like and that theory because that explains her it. Goal is, yeah, her goal is just to create chaos. chaos, not to win, not to, like... Destroy anyone. Just destroy, to, like... Just to make stir, everything a big mess. Yeah, stir the shit a lot. Like... <laughs> Which honestly, that is what Kitty does. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, she yeah. promises Jake that she'll put out if he yeah. um goes with her to the dance, and Jake's like, "Isn't that out of character for you?" And Kitty says, "Yes, <laughs> but I but I'm making an exception <laughs> for you. But I'm a I'm a goddess of chaos. Um, so she also implies that Marley wouldn't do butt stuff like she would. So." <laughs> Uh, so the next scene is Tina apologizing to Blaine at their and, lockers. Well, um, she's apolog- but also asking for an apology. <laughs> well, I wrote she demands one from Blaine as well. Cause like in the same breath, she's like, I'm sorry, but you should be sorry. Also apologize to me, please. <laughs> I've never been so humiliated. Um, but yeah, it's 
This scene is really good just because Blaine then dramatically reveals that he has a... But before that, before that, like, Tina's like, I should have realized that because of your backstory, you wouldn't want to go to a Sadie Hawkins dance. Because for all you, uh, you, I don't know, glee note takers out there, you should remember that that, uh, Blaine got beat up at a Sadie Hawkins dance as his backstory. When he was less than a freshman. That's why he went to the... Dalton. Warbler College. Yes. Oh, Dalton. <laughs> Fuck. Um, yes. Which Blaine kind of just like brushes off. Like he doesn't confirm or deny it really. He's yeah. Like, oh, yeah. He's sure. like, that's not. He, he's like, yeah, that's not it. It's <laughs> because obviously that was a fabricated story to make Kurt fall in love with him. Right. <laughs> um, and Blaine is just like, no, the reason I don't want to go is because I have a crush on a straight boy and I'm just going to be sad if I go and watch him be happy which, with his well, Maggie, perfect girlfriend. You forgot, you forgot to mention the best part, which is that Blaine like leans against the lockers as he's doing yes, this and yes, then yes, yes. Fall, like slides down to like be sitting on the floor. Well, be- because Tina's like, just tell me who it is. Just tell me who it is, Blaine. We, You need to share with me. And then like Blaine sort of sighs, leans his head, leans all the way back against the lockers, and then slides to the fucking ground so dramatically. And as he releases a big gusty sigh, he's like, "It's Sam." Yeah. <laughs> and, and then Tina gets on the floor with him. Yes. <laughs> oh, uh. I love these dramatic fools. Oh God, it's so great. Um, yes. and we get a couple cuts during the scene as they chat. Um, to Sam doing another conspiracy rant to Blaine and yes. Blaine just staring at his lips some more. Yes. <laughs> and then uh, Sam is Blaine's like, oh, I'm so proud of our friendship because I'm proving that gays and straights can be friends. And it's like, are you? Like, well, what? <laughs> that is, like, Blaine, before he reveals that it's Sam, he does have the line where he's like, I don't want to come off as some predatory gay. And I'm like, except you kind of are. Like... <laughs> Like, you're literally being like, I have a crush on a straight guy. He, yeah. I mean, but he's not predating in any way. Yeah, he's just true. sort of... Um, admiring. He's just sort of admiring. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, he, admiring straight people isn't, you know, converting them or pressuring them into things they don't want to do. Honestly, no. it's what most straight people want, right? Well, but... It's to be adored. The, the issue that I have is I feel like it's a stereotype. And, like, it's kind of Oh, true, yeah. It's but... like the... The show is trying to like correct the t- is trying to uh, like prove that there are, this storyline's okay before people make comments on it. Right. <laughs> you know, they're arguing before the argument happens. That's right. what Glee tries to do all the time. Yes. Um. Honestly, I think it's really dumb. Like this idea where it's like, oh, I'm so proud of our friendship, and it's like, what? No, like it's I mean, stupid. But the issue is, we already knew that he had a crush on Sam. Yeah, like because it was so fucking obvious. Like even before this plotline happened, it's like, mm. yeah. Mm. Which, yeah. so I mean, good, good on you, Glee, for implying that beforehand. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, the the main thing is that um, Tina uses this to sympathize with Blaine because she's like, oh, I know what it's like to not be re- loved by the person that you're in love with because <laughs> exactly what's going on right now. Mm. And Tina's solution to them both being sad is like, we're going to go to the dance. Yes. And Blaine's just like, yeah. So they they don't really 
have an about face on their reasoning to come to this conclusion. It just happens. The conclusion just happens. Well, Maggie, they do they do both claim that Sam's impressions are attractive, which I disagree. And that his big and his big old lips. Yes. <laughs> like Tina's like in his lips, right? And Blade's like his lips. <laughs> I do. One of the things I do love just how dramatic Blaine is in this scene. I love it. I love it so much. I lap it up. It's so good. Um, Yeah. I wish the whole episode was just Blaine and Tina talking. Talking about boys. Um, Talking about boys. That that definitely fails the Bechdel test. (laughs) Um, Well, but they're. It's a joke, Maggie. They're not Just, both women. I know. That's, so... that's why I definitely. <laughs> uh, the next scene is some more relationship trouble conversations. Because that's, I guess that's really the only conversations Glee presents. Um, well, unless it's about. Yeah. Getting into a relationship. Mo, don't eat that. That's my pistachio. There's a shell on it. Gross. Did you get it? Yeah, I got okay. it. Okay. Um, you can't eat that. Yeah, so Puck and Jake, you'll remember they're best friends now because they've reestablished their brotherhood. Um, well, they're not best friends. They're brothers. Well, uh, what's the difference, and Maggie? Th- because the brotherhood bond is deeper. <laughs> um, yeah, they're getting coffee. Because they yeah. they have matching tattoos. Also, uh, as a aesthetic note, Puck is growing a goatee and it looks bad. bad. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, Puck is like, "I'll just make Kitty go away for you. You need to resist the temptations of Kitty." And Jake's like, "That's not really a problem. It's more that she's harassing me." Okay. Well, there is a <laughs> bit where Puck does tell Jake to stop thinking with his dick because Jake is like, "But Kitty's a sure thing," and it's like, "Stop being disgusting Ew. and gross." Um, <laughs> and <laughs> except Puck doesn't even say that. He's he doesn't say stop being gross and stop like reducing women to the opportunity to get sex or not. Um, that's not no. <laughs> that's not the conversation. Well, I mean, yes, Puck does, you know, talk about his own conquests because that's what Puck does. But he also does say that, like, it's nice because there is a little bit of character growth. It feels like because Puck is like, "Hey, you really like Marley, right? Like, you gotta like, you know, you can't let this other shit like mess that up. That could be really important." I mean, so. That character growth and like, um, well, it goes away. You know, yeah. wisdom is just sort of destroyed <laughs> later in the episode. Yes. The next scene is Rachel and Kurt also talking about boys. Uh, <laughs> yes. uh, they're they're walking down the street in New York, and Kurt is telling Rachel about Adam without actually saying who Adam is. We get some uh, cuts to like sequences where Adam is complimenting Kurt on things yeah. and Kurt's just there's a there's a part where he's plieing at a, and Adam's like oh I like that plie and Kurt's like oh well no you know my ex was really the dancer in our relationship and Adam's like let's try that one more time yes <laughs> I actually really like that because I think it's like the the main thing here is that don't don't bring up your ex when I'm flirting with you yes. like that's sort of the well subtle and also like don't neg yourself like <laughs> Let me make you. <laughs> but um, one of the things that's funny about it is Kurt's talking about, he's like, he apparently he's telling Rachel about these because Rachel then goes into a pep talk where she's like, he's obviously into you. You should ask him out. Ask him out. Ask him out. Um, but my thing is like, this is also what people do when they want you to join their clubs. Like, 
Yeah. <laughs> like they are intentionally but, nice to you. I mean, also he probably he probably wants Kurt to join because he's into him. Maybe. Why not? Well, and that's the other thing. The first time I watched this episode, I was not convinced that Adam is actually gay. I think he's just British. Like. <laughs> And, like, it's a confusion that a lot of people make a lot of the time. But, like, mm. he's just British. He doesn't have to be gay, too. Like, Well, Sam, he's European. Exactly. You know, his tastes are different than us Americans. Yeah, they're, they're more sexually free. They're all bisexual. Um, mm-hmm. It's 20 by teen. Everyone is. Yes. Uh, he describes Adam, Kurt, that is, describes Adam as 22, sophisticated, and handsome. Uh, I think two are two of those are like sort of correct. I, I guess he's twenty two. The actor probably isn't. Um, <laughs> sure. He's. He, I I don't know if he's really handsome. I mean, he's not bad looking. I think it's just his accent. <laughs> so so you don't think he's handsome? He's just British. <laughs> yeah, he's just British. Um, and the the question of sophisticated again it's boils down to his Britishness. British accent, yeah. But it's not really a sophisticated choice to. Um, sing I Like Big Bus no. with a banjo with your self-formed show choir. Yeah, exactly. That's not a sophisticated choice to make. No. Um, yeah, yeah. I I think part of it is like he... But whatever. He's the stereotypical, you know, stereotypically attractive like white man, which is just kind of like... Yeah. Eh, so. And, you know, Rachel's right. More power to you, Kurt. If you want to go after this dude, fucking go for it. Yes. Uh, the next scene is at, um, Lockers. McKinley. Yes. We're at McKinley because Puck is here to talk to Kitty. And at first Kitty's like, you know, it's weird that you come here. And Puck is like, oh, well, I'm living in Lima now. Uh, cause I can screen right from anywhere. That's like, that's not really explaining why you're hanging out at your old high school. <laughs> you 35 year old old man. Well, it's not, I mean... He he's here to tell her to stay away from Jake. Yeah. Which he's here to intimidate her. Yeah. Um the thing about it in this scene is it's very apparent that Ki- like one Kitty is smarter than Puck and two she knows mm-hmm. that she's smarter than Puck. Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's this Cuz she thing. she realizes that she's smarter and has the upper hand and is like I can use this to my advantage and pulls puck aside into an empty classroom that she like doesn't let anyone in because when people start following in she's like out yes and um points out because she's a goddess of chaos and can direct people in that manner um she seduces him for some reason yeah which um feels it feels bad man yeah it's feels really bad it's really gross the whole thing about this entire scene the conversation that they have feels like mm-hmm. they were trying like the writers were trying way too hard to like try to make this sound witty but also like sexy and also like i don't know like it's just so gross and inappropriate yeah. and like uncomfortable when you watch it to be like oh yeah the whole concept is that this like older dude is da- is going to like it's implied that they're going to bone and like yes. she's like and, and there's a part where he's like how old are you? And she's like, I have a fake ID. And he's like, good enough for me? And I'm like, not, no, no. No, not good enough for me. <laughs> or any, not uh, good enough for the law. So get out of here. Like, ugh. Also, the show is gaslighting us into thinking that, like, Mark Sailing in his current state is, like, hot shit. Right. Like, <laughs> which is perhaps rude, like, mean, um, spirited to say about this actor. But, like, 
He's not as hot as he once was. No, and like he just isn't. Honestly, like, uh, and we've we've talked about it a little bit in the past, but like, context here is just so bad. Like, it's really bad. This show is cursed. <laughs> it's just like, and I understand that like. Like, they've always had Puck be the one who has these inappropriate relationships, whether it's, like, you know, in any direction. But it's just, like, terrible. Like, it's really, it's bad. really bad. So. um, Yeah, and just, like, Kitty being like, oh, you are so hot, Noah Puckerman. And See, like, that's. I don't believe it. I don't believe it when you say that. That's, that's part of it. Is especially, like, it, it happens more in the next scene we get with them. But, like, I am very convinced that kitty is just trying to like get puck arrested at this point like yeah yeah that (laughs) it's only like she's definitely trying to like fuck up his life the other explanation is that kitty is just like so horny (laughs) okay Um. yeah i mean it's been a while since her her horse broke her hymen so um (laughs) then we move to the sadie hawkins dance which has a snowflake theme um yeah blina that's blaine and tina enter together okay well and blaine compliments tina on multiple things earlier in this episode in a montage we saw tina write in her notebook blaine plus tina equals blatina gross Blina is much better. Sure. Should we call them Blatina? Does it matter? Should we cave to Glee's propaganda? Maggie, I, I know you have some insider information on this. Does it matter? Okay, no. good. I don't care what we call them then. Um, oh, you mean because I've watched um, more episodes than this. Yes. And well, I mean, they're, they still hang out. They're friends. Yeah, well, let's just call them Blina. Um, but this transitions into Artie, Blaine, Ryder, Joe, and Sam doing No Scrubs. The TLC number. Yeah. Um, which I wrote, all dudes, fucking trash. Like, this is a Sadie Hawkins <laughs> dance. Like, for fuck's well, sake. Well, at least they're doing a song by women. I I don't know if that makes it better. Honestly. I read, if they did like a New Directions number, like we've seen that before. They do that at all the dances. I'm okay with that. In this case, it feels like it's like, I don't know. To be fair, this is... This is before we get to the actual, like, women's performance at this. And yeah. then that makes it a little better. But it's just one of those things where I was like, why are they doing a number that's just, like, all men to start off the Sadie Hawkins dance? Because No Scrubs has brand appeal. People have heard the song before, and it's a good song. And they're like, oh, how can we flip it so that people will buy the single? Right. We'll have all men sing it. Okay. Uh, whatever. Um, It's fine. This This... Um, like, uh, black affectation doesn't make me quite as uncomfortable as the I like big butts one. I don't know why. Um, I don't really have a good reason. I mean, so I I was a little unco- just because there's a shot where they like close up on Unique who's like singing along with them, and I was like, you know who would have been perfect to sing this song? Unique. unique. <laughs> but you know who'd be perfect to sing most songs? Unique. Unique. <laughs> yes. Uh. Brighter's thrusting is probably the worst part of the song. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> the, the choreography in general is kind of questionable, but that is definitely not okay. Like, ugh. <laughs> I, th- I like the part of the choreography where they're all, like, sort of crouched over Artie's oh, and then they uh, explode. wheelchair, and th- then they do, like, a body explosion. <laughs> I like that part. Okay, yeah. Uh, 
and the song overall is fine. Yes. I think um, I like it whenever they do sort of a band, like boy band, yeah, kind of thing. So this is yeah, it's fine. Okay. Um. So then we move to the first talk that we have while people are dancing, which means that they're mm-hmm. both out of breath. And also specifically in this case, Jake and Marley are the ones talking. Marley is like wide eyed, like kind of frantic looking during this talk, which yeah. is just kind of weird. Like, yeah. It's because she's very anxious about setting boundaries mm. for their perhaps impending relationship. Okay. Uh, she, confesses to Jake that she's like worried about I don't know well the Maggie she the, she's like pl- what it would be like to date him yeah. and he's like oh you're safe with me baby and then Marley's like well these this is what I need you have to only be with me and you have to support me okay or we're this is nothing yes <laughs> um, also she wants which, to take she wants to take it slow which you know yeah, yeah. I like that she's setting some boundaries Good for you, Marley. Yes. The next well, Maggie, scene. One second. I just want to mention, mostly because I just feel like it's such a bizarre piece mm-hmm. of writing. Like this had, like, kind of starts with Marley bemoaning her proclivity for seeing the good in people, which just feels yeah. like a weird, like, job interviewing question of being like, "What's your biggest weakness?" Well, I just see too much good in people. You know, like. Well, listen, Sam. Here's the thing, right? Is that, um. These characters, specifically, like, Ryder, Jake, and Marley, were supposed to be in- emotionally invested in them, oh. even though they've only had 11 episodes, as opposed to, like, Rachel, who's had, you know, multiple seasons to, like, build up her character sure. so that we know who Rachel Berry is. In- and they want us to have that kind of connection with these characters so that they can use them the same way that they use these long-term ones. But, uh, you know, we don't. they don't have that that background so they're like oh every time they talk they just need to say who they are oh okay so that people will know okay that explains it it's just (laughs) you know what i mean i mean it's like every time that marley opens her mouth and she's like oh i just love to sing oh i'm just i'm just a a perfect flower i'm too trusting (laughs) like yeah Yeah. you know like they they don't have the time or patience to like describe them describe these characters through like meaningful story arcs right uh in or, or like any sort of actual growth as them as individuals because they just want to smash them together like dolls they're like kiss now kiss <laughs> okay uh, speaking of kissing you know they take the oh. they take the jake doll they take him off of his um he he comes with a scooter oh, sure. of obviously. course yes you pull the his his string and he says i'm i'm jake forget about the puckerman i'm jake and then, um, cause he doesn't, cause he doesn't originally like, um, right, yeah. he doesn't put his name down when he yes. writes for, yeah, you know what I'm saying. And then you pull Marley's, um, back and she says, I'm Marley Rose. I love to sing. I'm perfect. Look at my brown hair. Um, and, <laughs> wow. and she obviously comes with a, um, with a Ryan Murphy of hat. Of course. It's and glued to her head. You, you pull, can't take it off. And then you pull Ryder's string and he says, um, I won the I'm the dyslexia project. plot line. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the, I'm I'm the new Finn. Yes, <laughs> I'm the dyslexia. I have dyslexia. Yay! And then you pull I'm Kitty like String. Sam and Finn had a baby. Uh, and then you pull Kitty String, and she just comes to life and literally smashes everything. So, 
Yeah. Man, Life Size yes, 2 would have been exactly. so good. You know what I mean? It would. Anyway. Life Size 2 exists. <laughs> anyway, I think. if it was like that, Maggie, that's what I meant. Um, anyway, this tangent is over yes. now. And I find the Marley and Jake stuff to be generic and pretty boring. Yes. The, the best um, part, though, is p- that. Particularly the script. The best part is that, like, Marley is frantic for some reason. Like, like she didn't need to be. Yeah. She, but she but, is. That's the choice yeah. that Melissa Benoist made. Yes. So uh, the yeah. go for it. The next scene is Shannon talking to the wallflowers. It's all of the um, too young to be bitter club mm-hmm. sitting on these bleachers, uh, and Shannon comes over and is like, "What are you doing? Just get up and dance." Yes. And then we find out that Dottie likes stoner bread. Yes. Which is annoying because why are all the men in this show trash? <laughs> It's well, Meg. Except for Jake, I do like Jake Puckerman and sort of writer. Maggie, the issue is they don't have any like weird, random extras that are actually good men. Like, who would you want Dottie (laughs) to be interested in? Because like they want it to be brand recognizable, Mm. and our choices are not great on that front. So, no, they're all bad. (laughs) Yeah, the the fun part is that um, Shannon tells them to like go and ask. So then this gets interspersed with the scene of Kurt who is setting up an opportunity for him to ask out Adam, like Rachel told him to. He sees Adam, and then he, like, pauses close to him to tie his shoe so that Adam will, like, notice Kurt as he walks by. (laughs) Adam is like, oh, I have this dope Sondheim uh, medley that we're going to sing in Adam's apples. Epic to the power of epic. And (laughs) then Kurt is like want to go get coffee with me and it's like wow you know what that past phrase would turn me so off so kurt more power to you buddy (laughs) nice uh this all gets put together with zeises asks joe to dance um sugar asks Artie to dance and then kurt asks out adam like you say and said and then um there's like a quick sequence of all of them saying yes so yep yeah Next is Tina and Blaine having another dance conversation. Mm-hmm. And there's like a part where Tina is like, I'm so glad to be here with you, Blaine. And Blaine's like, me too. I couldn't imagine being here with anyone else. And like the the camera gets so gets increasingly closer to well, their faces. Yeah. And it it's implied through editing. That they're going to kiss. That, yes. That they are going to kiss. <laughs> yes. Because. Um, what? <laughs> Uh, and because before it happens, uh, Sam pulls Blaine away and Tina's like, wait, we were just about to. And Blaine's like, about to what? And Tina's like, never mind. Well, she's like, keep dancing. <laughs> and it's like, well, but the. This is yeah. the literal opposite of queer baiting. <laughs> Straight baiting. Um, Straight baiting. I mean, I've been to that website. It's not, it's not that fun. Um, but so. Uh, <laughs> But my favorite part is that, like, the conversation they have is just them, like, verbally jerking each other off on the dance floor. Because they're just like, you're the best. No, you're the best. Um, But, yeah. And then interspersed with that conversation, we get the nauseating first-person, like, running shots that are supposed to be, like, Sam running up to this to, like, pull pull Blaine away. Which is just awful. Like, they didn't need it. It didn't need to be there. Like... It doesn't increase the tension. It just makes me feel sick. Before we find out where Blam is going, we get another song. It's the New Direction girls singing Locked Out of Heaven. Mm -hmm. Uh, They uh, sing it 
it's at mics like stationary mics but they dance a lot um and it's all really nice like yeah cor- um uh in sync dancing not like in sync the boy band but in sync well kind of like NSYNC, uh, the and, boy band. <laughs> yeah in a good way yeah. though uh and i'd the one comment i'd have to make is that the lip sync is bad like maybe the worst glee has ever done uh yeah with like the sound noise like the non yes uh, words yeah the the, like backgrounds (laughs) like whoops and yeah it's just it's like the they just don't match up at all but marley and unique take the lead on this song and it's great it's really good my favorite part is the bit where they slam the mic stands on the ground i and thrust. I really like uh, Unique's performance in this song, just because, like, mm-hmm. honestly, like Marley is fine. Marley can always kind of just like belt it, but like Unique adds like like an upper layer that sounds so good yeah. for this song. Like, mm. I love it when Unique and Marley sing together. Me too. They're just—it's like they're best friends, and they sing. And they're the new girls, Maggie. So they have to talk about boys. Um. But yeah, it, it's great. Um, I I liked it a lot. Um, we don't find out who Unique asked to the dance. No, we don't because she's just there. Yep. Because the show hates her a lot. Um, and never gives her any screen time, which is upsetting. Um, <laughs> this speaking of upsetting moves to <laughs> Kitty telling Puck to stop dancing like an idiot. Um, there's um we should say when the New Directions art singing, there's like terrible music being played yes yeah it's like music that i can't even identify as like recognizable like it's just weird you gotta call me fanta because my skin is my skin is sun-kissed (laughs) sun-kissed gotta call me fanta because my skin is sun-kissed is that a song is that like loyalty royalty free like what is going on (laughs) no idea you're absolutely right it's terrible um but yeah kitty (laughs) tells puck stop dancing an idiot using a religious tolerance vehicle which yeah is i mean if we accept the it's premise, sort of anti-semitic garbage yeah, if we accept the pre- premise that kitty is anti-semitic garbage like there's kind of a joke here um but it's pretty bad um yeah uh the nub and gist is that kitty uh liked puck's screenplay yes and thinks he has a future so she is like let's go have sex in my car Yes. This entire plot line is so unexplainably bad. Yeah. Because yeah. it just it like it's so unbelievable when you watch it. It's like why would Kitty be into him? Right. Why would Puck's screen screenplay be any good? <laughs> that's what? that's the thing too is like it's like it's weird because it is kind of evident that like Kitty is having fun. Like she's doing a very good job. Yeah. If if it's not true, she's doing a very good job of pretending like she's having a good time, and that like she actually kind of likes Puck. And it's just what like. But why would she? Maggie, it's because his screenplay about how the pool boy at the White House saves the president from, like, four different nouns that have no relation, because um, it's like alien, predator, panther, wasps, or whatever. Um, yeah. Like, it's so good. It's just like, what is going on? It just can't be. It's It so can't be. Also, you I know? didn't even realize that this had happened the first time I watched it, because I didn't care. Um, <laughs> <like>. <laughs> Fuck yes. That is, that is 
Yeah. Like, I, yep. I, I got the, okay. the impression, like, I got the takeaway, which is that, like, they're going to go bone in her car. But, like, I mm-hmm. didn't even see, like, I didn't even catch the screenplay bullshit. I was just like, okay, I guess this is happening, and I don't like it. Like, <laughs> why would I? The next scene is in the McKinley locker room. Sam and Blaine are presenting their case mm-hmm. to Finn for some reason, who is here. Um, and they have like a like an iPad with Hunter Clarington's face uh, from like multiple months ago to him now. And they're like, look at his head. It's widening. That's human growth hormone. And well, they have multiple Finn warblers. says yeah. that, yeah. Uh, Finn says that uh, he did research into this, that the warblers are just using like a special muscle building technique that they got from vocal adrenaline. Yes. And the boys are just like, no, that's impossible. I love, I love Sam's like conspiracy affectation. I think it's real, like well performed on court over streets part. Cause it's just really funny where, uh, he's like human, human men can only get two pounds of muscle per month. Fact. Yeah. <laughs> Claps. Yes. Um, and then they present their, th- their second piece of evidence, I guess. Um, which is a video that Joe and Artie took at the Lima Bean of Hunter Clarington having roid rage at uh, at a barista. Yeah, uh, yelling at a barista for putting Splenda in his latte because Splenda tastes like pencils. <laughs> <laughs> um, this, I think it's a good performance from the guy who plays Hunter Clarington. Yes. Um, and I, I actually really like this plot line, um, the, this... which it comes to a head um, when... The, when Blam presents their ace in the yes. hole, Trent, yes. the warbler, uh, he didn't perform at sectionals, which I guess we were supposed to notice. I mean, when they bring it up, I'm like, oh, of course. Like, I mean, they did yeah. start the episode by calling him round face warbler, which is kind of rude. But like, yeah, I, did, I was like, oh, yeah. He's, like, he's the one who's like cherubic. Yes. He's the one who's like actually yes. nice. Like every time the warblers have yeah. done anything, he's always been the one that's like, but like let's still be friends though so and there's a sequence that um uses a lot of blur Mm -hmm. (laughs) to uh imply i guess that it's a memory that trent is explaining to these boys in situ i don't know um i think the blur is overused i don't think it's all that good i think the it, it is funny when hunter clarington like squirts testosterone um, into his HGH mouth yeah. into his mouth <laughs> yes. and from a syringe i think that's funny uh but the the sequence is like the warblers in their like undershirts uh getting shots uh, injected yes. <laughs> with steroids uh one by one except trent like has his pants off and is wearing like a risky business outfit. see that's i think that's why they had so much blur is because like I, I'm guessing that, like, in general, like, for, like, not, no, like, Nurse Jackie or, like, Dexter shows, like, you're not supposed to mm-hmm. show people getting injected with shit. And, like, you're definitely not supposed to show people sure. in their underwear getting injected with shit. So, like, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's not good. I agree. It's just stupid. Whatever. Trent, Trent refused to um, be roided. Yes. Because his body can't handle that high level of testosterone. Yes. Uh, and... Then Finn's like, oh, well, this is a daring accusation. Trent, will you testify? Um, and then... But we we don't find out but if he like, will. But, like, Trent compares himself to Brutus and Cassius. So, here we go. <laughs> um, I also have a note about this. 
I think this is stupid because honestly, the New Directions should probably still lose sectionals. Like the yeah, Rosedale like Mennonites. When the Mennonites win? Yeah, like they actually did a full song and no one collapsed. So I think that's a point <laughs> in their favor. But of course, the show's just going to glance over that. We move back to New York. Uh, Rachel is prepping a dinner that consists of just a hamburger and a bun and a salad with some tomato on it. Um, it's really sad, honestly. Like, it's not an exciting looking dinner. Sorry, Rachel. No, those burgers look dry. <laughs> I mean, the I think the implication is that one of them is non-meat, which, again, it still shouldn't be dry, but like... Is that really the implication? I mean, she says um, because we know Brody got a turkey burger, yeah. but I mean, I'm still un- I'm still operating under the assumption that Rachel is at least a vegetarian because we have had no information otherwise. Nope, we haven't, but who knows? Yes. <laughs> the show is inconsistent. Yeah. Yay. Um anyway, Brody shows up and Rachel like pretty much reams into him, yeah. uh, tries to throw his dinner in the garbage. Yes. Because <laughs> uh, she's like, you're 45 minutes late. Oh, the train was late. You should have left early. Yes. And Brody's just like, you know, the train station was really cold. And I'm not saying that to make you feel sorry for me. I'm saying that because I would wait at a cold train station for you all night. And Rachel's just like, Wow. Yes. Because <laughs> this this whole speech that she does to Brody is like, you know, a past version of myself would just be happy you're here at all and all, all this. And then it's like, and then she's like, oh, but I've grown past that. Except she does that exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I give kudos to Brady on this one because, or Brody, sorry. Because um, <laughs> like, Rachel, it does feel a little like unreasonable to get so angry yeah. like i mean i completely understand but that is but... kind of rachel's aesthetic yeah. um but like brody does a really good job of like flipping it around like turning the situation around and being like you're absolutely right next time i'll or next time namely never again will i ever be late um but like <laughs> uh yeah. my my question about this argument is that does texting not exist i guess not or like does does where does Rachel's like loft not have service? Maybe because I don't think I've seen anyone text there before. But I mean, this argument is just stupid because like the entire premise of it is stupid. Yes. Like yes, <laughs> and thankfully Brody doesn't like say yeah he doesn't call her the crazy, crazy girl again. Yeah. That that doesn't happen. It's sort of implied that that's what he's thinking. Well, because we've seen him do that before. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do but, think there is something to be said for, like, yeah. he doesn't say it. And, like, he doesn't – he does a really good job of not reacting negatively to Rachel, yeah. like, throwing the food away. <laughs> like, like he, he, he yes. more tries to, like, diffuse the situation, which is nice. Um, which is – yeah, I agree as well. Uh, that's sort of what Rachel needs in a partner is someone who isn't going to, like, egg her yes. on. Instead, try to diffuse the problem. Uh, Then he smooths it over even more with dancing. He's like, dance with me, Rachel. Let me rub up my big, handsome body on yours. And she's like, great. Yeah, it's it's funny because he's like, let's dance. And Rachel's like, there's no music. And he's like, there's music in our heads. And it's like, what? Also, you live in an apartment that has a record player and also probably a stereo system to connect your iPod to because it's 2013. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, the reason that they do this is because in Lima, Ryder has started singing Mm -hmm. I Only Have Eyes For You at the Sadie Hawkins dance, which I made a note, mostly because I just finished editing our episode last week, um, very sensate, very like, (laughs) like, oh, there's music in my head, like, we can dance because I can hear music and like, it's so stupid. (laughs) Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, Ryder, like, Neckbrace Cheerio is in this scene, too, because yes. she's, like, looking at Ryder as he's singing, but he's not looking at her. Instead, he's looking at Marley. Yes. Uh, because we're supposed to care about that. Then, uh, Blaine comes back to Tina and is, and is like, oh, sorry, I was gone. We were trying to save the Glee Club. And Tina's like, is there anything you can't do, Blaine Warbler? And is obviously in love with yes. him. Yes. Um, they slow dance. Yeah. Um, while Blaine stares longingly at Sam, who is slow dancing with Brittany, which... <laughs> which is exactly what he predicted was going to happen. Yes. So... Yeah. Um, we also get a scene where <laughs> it's snowing on Jake and Marley inside the auditorium while Jake tells Marley <laughs> that he's down for her monogamy terms. Like, yeah. it's just... I mean, it's funny because, like, I've mentioned it a couple times now, but, like, I've been watching Jane the Virgin. So, like... The, like, trope mm-hmm. of snow falling as someone, like, declares their, like, love for someone Undying is love. so yeah. fucking stupid. <laughs> but, like, yeah. yeah, it happens. And and this is, like, a completely unaware, yes. like, version yes. of that, you know? <laughs> um, the, All these couple dancing, like, chats are honestly so boring, <laughs> including Rachel and Brody's, where he's like, you know, I'm never going to be late again because I'm going to get an apartment over here in Bushwick. And Rachel says, why do that? Move into the loft. And we don't find out what he says. I mean, the the main thing is just that the, yeah. that's such a terrible idea, Rachel. Like, I know you're in the honeymoon yeah. phase and you're like blinded by your like freedom where you're actually having sex she with wants him. To, but, like, she wants to U-Haul with Brody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the, f- the episode should have probably ended on that quote-unquote cliffhanger yeah. uh it's instead it ends on a real sour note with the disbanding of the too young to be bitter club because because they were empowered to talk to boys these women have changed all of their lives for the yes. better be- because already talked to all of them um they're no longer the school sluts um yeah we do hmm. find out there is like I don't. I agree that like there's some real problematic things here, but Zeises did apply to Harvard, um, so that's cool. So she's going to Harvard because that's how Glee works. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I mean, past that, like, there's a pot joke. Also, yeah. Dottie is high <laughs> right now during the meeting. <laughs> um, but Stoner Brett made her brownies, yes. and so... she can't stop eating them. And she's like, oh, I I can't stop eating them. Okay. okay. Cool, cool weed joke, Glee. Four twenty, blaze it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Tina declares the club is disbanded. They're all, they all hug. It's again, just real problematic for that. Because through the power of Sadie Hawkins, they have become empowered women. Because they have men to define who they are. Let's do the podcast business. Okay. But it's a metaphor. metaphor. And metaphors metaphors are important. important. Gold stars are important. Because gold stars stars are a metaphor for me being a star. And here we are. We didn't sing. It's just we're in the podcast business now. And we do gold stars first. Yes, we do. 
I will be choosing um, Blaine. Okay. Interesting. And Tina. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Blina. Uh, getting some blinga. Because their plot line is my favorite one out of the episode, probably. Sure. Even though... Like, it is straight... It, it's, it's straight baiting. Yes. It's true. Uh, but that's kind of a fun inversion. Uh, <laughs> and um, I just love that like Blaine dramaticism as he slides down the locker. Yes. It's just so good. Yes. Um yeah, I I had some real trouble deciding on who I was going to give a gold star for this episode. Um Yeah. Mostly cuz like everyone is just so boring. Um Yeah, the ensemble is just boring. Like <laughs> And, like, I, I was, like, maybe Adam, because, like, he's f- nice to Kurt, which is a real low bar, <laughs> honestly. Um, <laughs> but uh, maybe Brody, because that last scene, he's nice to Rachel. And then, like, it was, like, well, no, probably not that, because um, that kind of plays into that whole shitty thing of, like, Sadie Hawkins is about how men just, you know, w- women just need men to, like, define who to they be are nice and to be them. nice to them. So I landed on Blaine as well, because why not? Chill. He's he yeah, a little not? predatory, but like, whatever. It's fun. But uh, the part where he steals tater tots is very uh, good. Is also, I do really <laughs> like, it's just funny because they have that moment where he like drops the chalk in math and like has to bend yeah. over to pick it up. And like when Tina like, like raises her body to get a better look, I also do that. Not necessarily because I want a better look, but just because it's funny. Like, I'm just like, ooh. Yeah. yeah. It's it's the most, like, comedically landing yes. of all the plot lines. Yes. I think. Um, because it's a joke that well, Blaine would be into Tina also. That's kind of mean. Yeah. But, like, this show's mean. It's so mean to Tina and other women of color. What's going on? I'm, I w- Is this show racist? I mean, Maggie... <laughs> I think we've definitively answered that question. <laughs> but also, like, I feel like out of all of these plot lines, the one that has the most resonance with, like, these, like, writers who, and, like, directors who, you know, at least of the main three, we have a pretty good sample size of gay men who were involved mm-hmm. in, like, theater programs, have probably had mm-hmm. their fair share of straight girls who were into them. Like, sure, they probably understand how to write this plot line at least a little bit. And it's, like I said, it's the most, like, comedically hitting. Um, I think the, uh, like, the beginning parts with Kitty are funny. Yeah. Um, when she's talking to Jake. But once Noah Puckerman, come, like, yeah. enters in, it just falls apart. Yeah. Because it's so nonsensical. Um, and it's, like, it's so ham-fisted yeah. for what they're trying to do. And it, it definitely has not aged well. And also didn't, wasn't good yeah. at the time. So, like, Yeah. Also, um, I want to do a special mention for Sam Evans and his conspiracy theory like <laughs> persona. I think I think that he deserves at least one gold star at some point for that. Maybe he'll get one. Yeah. Uh, Let's yeah. do best number. Yes. The numbers we have to choose from are: I don't know how to love him. I like big butts. Tell him, no scrubs, locked out of heaven, and I only have eyes for you. Okay, Maggie. Hit me with it. I'm choosing Locked Out of Heaven. 
Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm also choosing Locked Out of Heaven. It's not a, <laughs> it's not a hard choice this week, honestly. It's not a hard choice because um, everything else. Sucks. At least two, <laughs> at least two of these were like uncomfortable jokes. Yes. Um, and tell him the energy is good, and I like the people who perform it, but the song itself is a bad one to choose. And uh, I only have eyes for you is boring. Literally, it's nothing. Yeah, like we don't even see writer sing it for the most part. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, we barely hear it over like under all the dialogue. So yeah, uh, the the no scrubs is pretty good. Um, but honestly, like, it's one of those things where I as I watch the show, I don't. Mm-hmm. I know that like for a lot of it, one of the only things that has actually redeemed it is the music. But a lot of the time, the music just isn't that good either. Like. Mm. like a lot of the times it's just kind of like this episode it's like well there were two good numbers and everything else was just kind of bad and it's like yeah well then why like what what does redeem this show the answer nothing (laughs) (laughs) and on that note we're gonna close out the episode Uh, the rating you can contact oh fuck i always do this (laughs) i always forget the rating it's the last thing we do in the podcast business i'm giving this episode two slushies for being boring yeah i i originally was gonna give it one slushy but honestly our discussion of the like just the sadie hawkins bullshit like yeah it's just not okay the puck and kitty storyline is frankly disturbing like like i'm giving it two out of five slushies as well because it's not again just like last week it's not entirely terrible it's just also not good like, yeah, it's just, I'm just watching it now because I have to. And like, that's also always been true. But like, at least sometimes there's like something to be like, oh, like, I don't know. Sam. Santana's here. Sh- like, <laughs> Shit is gonna pop off soon. Okay. So don't you worry. Um, I have watched a few episodes ahead. Not not the, not in the next one. The next one's okay. Um, but yeah, a couple episodes one, away. The one after that is is good. And then... At the the Schuster, the well, the Wemma wedding, oh. shit's gonna pop off. Okay, pop off. Believe me. Um, okay. Yeah. Before uh we get to the popping of offing, um, we have to get through those other episodes. If you have any comments about this week's episode, any of the episodes, let us know. Um, you can reach us at SNM Hakeley on Twitter or by email SNM at gmail.com. And yeah, feel free to let us know your own uh, gold stars, best numbers and ratings. Cause we love hearing from you. If you feel moved by our podcast in any which direction, uh, maybe you really don't like it. Maybe you're sort of ambivalent I- any, in any way you feel, please uh, write a review on iTunes. We'd love to get your feedback on how to make the podcast better. And also those reviews on iTunes um, work the algorithm so that more people see our podcast. You can check out our Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash We have uh, bonus content up there and we push most of our Patreon subscription to the Trans uh, Law Center yep. because honestly, Glee has done a lot of transphobic crimes and we have to somehow make up for them if that speaks to you please feel free to check us out i think that's just about everything i i'm gonna go watch rupaul because you know it's a you know it's gonna be good when you ask your boyfriend are you excited for the episode tonight and he says i just hope valentina goes home 
<gasps> it's oh how d- chris how dare you <laughs> maggie how d- how dare you Maggie? i am so excited for you to watch this season because shit is wild shit is no it is wild it is wild i watched the um i watched the pit stop episode oh my god yes trixie mattel host yes um yeah well my my favorite thing yeah. is we were I, i've got chris to start watching those with me um uh, when we were watching the episode where uh, Manila was threatening to send Valentina home. Like during the episode, mm-hmm. I was talking. Like I was telling Chris, I was like, "She can't send Valentina home. People are gonna burn her house down." And then we watched the pit stop, and Trixie Mattel literally says, "She knows she yeah. can't send Valentina home. People will burn her house down." And Chris just turned to look at me and was like, "I I can't deal with you anymore." <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm not part of like the Valentina fan base, but. Do not dare besmirch her honor. She is a genius. I, she also yeah. um, like publicly came out as non-binary. So she's a she's an NB icon, and I cannot stand you besmirching. Oh her. no 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 no! I, I like her. It's just she's a little disconnected from reality in some of the pre like some of the recent episodes. Is, but like that's what I like. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that's a whole different thing. Um, we'll be back next week. With another episode of Glee, it'll be... Oh. oh, oh, but before we go, can we talk about how fucked up it was that Manila couldn't wear that, like, period-themed yes. look? Yes, I mean, I still like what she wore, because she ended up wearing, like, the weird, like, quilted, like, French-inspired yeah, outfit, but, yeah. The quilted, and, like, but it's it wasn't as good. No. You know, it wasn't as funny. Yes, and that's... It, Manila, yeah. Manila's, like, comedy fashion. Yeah, and that's, that, like, I mean, honestly, it is really upsetting because it just speaks to like how sexist anti-woman yes. <laughs> yeah it is like and not even like anti-woman because like not just women have periods you know right. like it's anti-vagina specifically which is like yeah really like anti-menstruation yeah. is like so 2013 <laughs> yeah we're gonna get to a glee episode to you here soon here where it's like man i can't believe they bleed through their woman holes like I, I don't think so. <laughs> what if they did, Hopefully though, not. Maggie? What if they did? But why hasn't there been an episode of Glee about periods? <laughs> and on that note, we're going to end the podcast. <laughs> we'll be back next week with season four, episode 12, Naked. But until then, I've been Sam. And I've been Maggie. And we hate Glee. Until it starts talking about periods. Periods. Well, that went somewhere.